So folks, we have a special treat uh, this weekend. Uh, many of you have already met Kathy and Charity Campbell. Uh, we've become really good friends with these two and uh, love the heart that they carry that's to bring us into a deeper relationship with God uh, and to allow God to have his way, which is, of course, one of our biggest values is, God, what are you doing and how can we join in? And so, uh, Charity, we're so glad you're with us this morning, glad to have you, and we want to just give you the floor and do whatever God tells you to do. I'm sure he's put some stuff in your heart to share, but uh, whatever he wants to do, we love you, we thank God for you. And let's give Charity a big welcome. First of all, I just want to thank you for the honor and privilege of being here with you, and all of you as well. Um, you know, I was during worship, I was praying for the church here and uh, just saying, God, what's for this morning? And prophetically, sometimes you have a plan and then God just maybe sometimes switches it up a little bit. And so I'm going to share some things that the Lord was showing me during worship. And then I'm going to share a scripture that the Lord put on my heart for you all this morning. But I was looking up here, catch the fire. And I kept saying it. Now, I've been here before, and, you know, it's not like this is the first time I've seen this name. But the Lord started speaking to me, and I was seeing souls coming into the kingdom. They're about to catch the fire. And that God is stirring right now within your hearts. Go get them. And there's something about people being open. You know, we talk sometimes about the harvest in other nations, and that's true. But we have an entire generation of people who have not been churched, they don't have any background. They are the unreached people. And so God is calling us in our own nation to go and reach out to be that extension of the fire of God. And when you look at the tongues of fire that came in Acts chapter 2, that's pretty profound. That shifted things. Now, there were some people, even though they experienced it, they didn't know what it was. And they, did, they thought maybe they're just drunk. Maybe that's what it is. Why? Because that's their experience. So they've seen some things, right? And they're maybe doubting. And there's always going to be the doubters, but there will always be people who are ripe and ready for the kingdom of God. And I really believe that this is a season that God's taking you all into of bringing in a harvest. It's like it's time. And he's calling us to the that deep calling unto deep. You know, sometimes when you walk into a service, you can come in with all this weight and things that have happened. But in one moment in God's presence, it's like every Everything dissipates. Have you ever had that happen? And one moment with him can change everything. And I believe that as we reach people in our communities, that that's the kind of shift that God wants us to bring. That in one moment, as carriers of his presence, we bring that transformation. If you were uh, around at all this past weekend, my mom shared that uh, she had a miracle happen. She was waiting for a phone call for over a year, and there was a miracle. Well, this morning, we had yet another miracle. But I am going to back up just a little bit and share with you some things. And I really believe that what God is wanting to do is stir faith in us again, to believe him that He nothing's impossible with him. He can do anything. He is so amazing, so good to us. You know, we talk about his goodness is running after me. Did you know that when Jen Johnson, at one point, who was singing that song, um, she said it was those words that she chose because it was the hardest point in her life, and she didn't feel like God's goodness was chasing her, but she decided to declare it. 
And so sometimes when we sing those songs, we don't know from what place that was written. We just say, okay, I, I'm in a hard place. I'm not sure if I agree with those words. But when we hear the heart of where those, those words came from, it transforms our thinking, even when we're singing it. So every time I sing that song, I think, God, you're so good that out of a place of brokenness, we can say, your goodness is running after me. It's chasing me. You know, we say Psalm 23, his goodness follows us all the days of our life. But when we're singing, it's like we're singing the word, and his word is living. All right, so I'm going to back up a little bit. I heard um, Tom and Marianne Hardiman, who are from Morningstar, and it's okay if you don't know who they are, but they began to talk about prophetically what they were seeing is that this is a time to sow and that it was very important. So they began sowing, and they had different bank accounts, ministry bank account, their own personal bank account. They had a lot of things, and they weren't sure, you know, um, where their next check is coming from. It's all just by faith. And they had a mortgage. And so they said, we're going to sow from every one of our accounts, every place that we have money, we're going to sow. And so they did that. And within six months, by a miracle of God, their house was paid off. They had more money in one month than they had in the whole year the previous year. And they looked at their accounts and they said, how did this happen? We don't even know how. Then they decided they were in a meeting and Tom is talking about it and I was there and he said, today I'm going to put $1,000 in the offering because God said it's time to sow. And so even though it's a big stretch for me, this is what I'm doing. So he does it and then he says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a text. I'm sorry, guys, this might be my wife. So he looks down and he said, nope, somebody just texted me that they sent me $10,000. <laughs> Just as he said that. And so he said, is God not speaking or what? So I said to myself, well, if God is speaking, I want to obey. I, you know, <laughs> Isaac sowed in a time of famine. Talk about a hardship. And yet he reaped. Why? Because God said it. Now, we have to know that God said it, right? So I said, God, I'm going to do this. So I sowed some money. Now, if you don't know a little bit about me, I have volunteered at my home church for over a year without any pay, and I've been there, and I'm only saying this because of the testimony of God, not because, you know, that's not it, but I've been there, and I have dedicated myself as seven acres, and I have helped with every project. We had a whole new roof, inside damage from the rain. There was a lot, and I was there the whole time, and I just had to live by faith. God, you're going to provide each step of the way. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say anything, but I had this debt of $13,000. And so I took what little money I had in my savings, and I sewed it in to a ministry. And I just told God, I trust you. Do you know within one month, someone said, is there any debt that you have? And I was a little embarrassed. I said, yes, and this is the amount. And they said, well, God just told me to pay it off just like that. Yeah. I, if, it's not, if it was you, I would think you'd be a little more excited. <laughs> $13,000 is a lot of money. So I was, you know, shocked and amazed. And I was like, God, your goodness is chasing me. I didn't even expect this. This is crazy. So I'm saying that this morning, my mom said to me, you will not believe what just happened. Now, I was getting ready for this morning and uh, so this is what happened last night she has a dream and in the dream now I've been given permission to share this story I did ask them so just so you know I'm prefacing with that but uh, this morning my mom woke up with a dream and in the dream uh, there's a man named Robert and he was dying and he was laying in bed and there really wasn't much hope for him and it was COVID and my mom walked into the room and his wife had to go get something for him. So she steps out. When she stepped out, my mom began to pray the peace of God into the room. And when that happened, Robert sat up in bed, 
and looked around and said, I'm healed. And so she sends the dream off this morning to Jean. Lo and behold, we did not know. They're our good friends, and we had no idea he was sick with COVID. And they rushed him to the hospital last night, and the hospital said there's not much hope. He'd be better off at home. So they turned him away. And they thought they were going to lose him. The kids were there with him. They had come up from another city about five and a half hours away, and another one flew in from another state. And they're all sitting around and praying. And at 6 o'clock this morning when my mom had the dream, he sat up in bed and said, I'm healed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I am, it's this morning, I can't even tell you, I can, it's like I can't contain the goodness of God, I feel like I'm about to explode, it's like, God, this is incredible, here is an individual that I know well, who was literally, life was hanging in the balance, and you walked into that room, and you just brought healing, this is incredible. This is how good God is. And so this morning, in this atmosphere, if you need healing, if you need a breakthrough in your physical body, stretch out your faith right now. And I'm just going to believe for you because he is the God of miracles. So, Father, I thank you right now that every person who needs a miracle, we stir up faith within us. And we say we receive your word. We receive your healing word. We receive miracles today. And Father, we say right now, we're committing to you that if you ask us to do something, we will be obedient to you. Let your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So awesome. So awesome. What God, I know. <laughs> So I just keep thinking about this, and one thing that happened yesterday is my mom heard the Lord tell her, empty out the rest of your savings and give it to this individual. She did it, and look what happened today. I truly believe that when we walk in obedience, it's like we're lining up our will to his, and he can begin to flow through us in a way that we might not even be anticipating. And whether my mom was physically there, translated, we know that happened in scriptures, or whether it truly was just in her dream, either way, even when we don't see it, he's working. It's so incredible to me how he wants to use us. He just wants us to be vessels that say yes to him and that we walk in obedience to his word. Amen? Yes. All right, so this morning I want to read uh, some passages of scripture with you. Um, but there was a scripture that I actually sent uh, Jean this morning because, you know, the miracle with Robert was just so incredible, and I couldn't help but think of this particular scripture. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Yes. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. And that same spirit is living in you. I mean, that is like perfect with what just happened today. Sometimes we read things, but when it's living and it's working, it feels like, wow, God, you truly are amazing. And so this morning I was looking at another passage of scripture that I wanted to I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Romans 8:11 is that reference. And then this scripture, Romans 8:18 8, through 19, uh, in 27 through 28, you'll probably recognize this. Yet we suffer now is nothing 
compared to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For all creation is waiting eagerly that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us as believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know that part of the scripture, but isn't it amazing Amazing how he's waiting for the sons of God to be revealed? All of the earth is groaning. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you that God has a plan and a future and a hope that he wants to release through us into the lives of other people. You know, sometimes we wonder, what's our purpose? What are we doing? Call on me. He said, when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. God is wanting us to find him in every sphere of life. And when we look at some of the things that Jesus did, we might begin to question, right? Well, Jesus is talking to a fig tree one day. Why doesn't he use that same energy (laughs) that he used on the fig tree to go heal some people? Sometimes those are the kind of thoughts we think, like we know how God should work, right? But he does things his own way. And when he is using something to teach us, sometimes we're thinking, yeah, but what's the big deal about a fig tree? I mean, there's lepers. There's people who are desperate, right? But if we understand the kingdom of God and what he's doing, and we come into that place and say again, God, not my will, but your will be done. You know, Jesus didn't do anything unless he saw the Father doing it. And so this morning I said to the Lord, and I'm sure that it's in your hearts as well, God, I don't want to say anything that's not from your heart. I don't want to say anything presumptuously. I don't want to say anything that is not led by the very Spirit of God. But, you know, sometimes we don't know what is the mind of the Spirit in the matter until we ask him, and he begins to flow through us. Sometimes we're so busy with life that we think, oh, yeah, I know what to do now. And we just kind of step into it. And in that moment, we might realize, wait a second, let me just back up a little bit. Because we can get used to our routines and the way, and those things are good, being faithful to the word, but sometimes God really wants to highlight a scripture to us or who he is. And so this morning, if I was going to entitle this message anything, it would be keep your confidence. And in Matthew chapter 3, and so I'm going to turn there, I wanted to read a little bit from verse 13 through 17. And it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And then he was baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. And suddenly a voice comes from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, as I read this passage of Scripture, I don't know about you, but John saying, Nope, I think that you're supposed to baptize me. I would have said the same thing, like, "Eh, I'm the one preparing the way for you, so I think it would be more fitting. But Jesus says, permit it. He wants him to do it because it's about what he is doing, the Father's business. And as this moment happens, something like a dove descends. So if you were there, imagine what that looks like. Something just flew in when he came up. Now, this is probably not a regular occurrence with everyone who's been baptized by John. This is a moment, okay? So this thing flies in, and then the heavens open, and there's a voice. Now, I'm going to guess the voice was not a quiet voice because everybody heard it. 
there was a voice. That voice was a resounding voice. This is what we would maybe call a God moment where everything is like, whoa, presence of God is here. This is a holy moment. I can't believe I got to be a part of this. Have you ever been in one of those kind of things where you're like, whoa, God just showed up, and I'm here, and there's a healthy fear of God that comes with it. You don't really want to move too quickly. You just want to do whatever he's doing. So John has this moment. He knows who he is. This is the Son of God. I mean, he says, I'm not even worthy to tie up his sandals. He knows exactly who he is. How does he know? It's by the Spirit. John knew by the Spirit this is who he is. He begins to talk about it. And, you know, one of the times Peter says something about it, who Jesus is, and he said, well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. So we know that it has to be by the Spirit, right? Now I'm going to fast forward a little bit to Luke chapter 7. And this is a passage of Scripture of 18 through 35. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. Now they're talking about what Jesus has done. And John called two of his disciples to him and sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now I want to pause before I continue on. Are you the one or do we look for another? Didn't he just have this amazing moment where he knew who he was, right? So what happened in the in-between? Doubt. And where is John? He's in prison. So I don't know about you, but have you ever had gone through some hard stuff? It's not prison, okay? This guy is at one of the lowest places that you can be, especially during that time, and he's beginning to question And he's saying, are you the one or should I look for another? It is quite possible that John thought there was going to be a jailbreak. (laughs) Like, hey, cousin, come get me. (laughs) I think this will be a good time. Are you the one? Because if you are, this might be a great time for you to come get me. John is in this place of hardship and he's questioning. Now watch how Jesus responds. And at that very hour, he cured many infirmities and afflictions and evil spirits, and many blind he gave sight. And Jesus said to them, go tell John the things you've seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go and see? A man clothed in garments? Indeed, those who are gloriously appareled live in luxury and are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. For he is whom it is written, Behold, I have sent my messenger before your face, who will prepare a way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is in the least of the kingdom is greater than he. When all the people heard him, even the tax collectors, even the tax collectors, (laughs) justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves. You see, we can actually reject the will of God for ourselves. And they said to themselves, having not been baptized. Then the Lord said to them, 
Shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We mourned with you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking wine, and you say he's a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. You say, Look, a glutton, a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by all her children." This is a lot packed in to this portion of scripture, but there's a few things that I thought were very interesting. As soon as John's disciples leave, what does Jesus start doing? He starts talking about John. Now, sometimes when we talk about people, it's not necessarily in a positive way, but in this moment, Jesus begins to talk about John, about how great he is as a prophet, but he also begins to say, you really can't be satisfied. On the one hand, if he comes this way or if he comes that way, either way, it's wrong. Y'all find some kind of problem. Sometimes in humanity, we tend to find the problems with every situation. No matter what it is, how God's working, we think, well, that can't be it because that's not our experience, or that can't be it because we don't know that. But God is wanting to open our eyes to see who he is, what he's doing, and to keep our confidence. John had confidence in a moment, but somewhere in the in-between is what I call it. In the in-between is when the doubt comes in between what actually is the word of God living and the promise of the future. And we don't know all the details in the in-between, but we have to keep our confidence in God. Even in those moments when things happen that we don't expect, we're expecting something different. Brother Fount was talking to me about trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him he'll direct your steps. But he said, you know, that one word in there, lean not on your own understanding, is actually the word expectation. Don't lean on your own expectations. You see, there was a whole bunch of disciples that had expectations of who Jesus was to be, how he was going to come command this army, and he certainly was, but it wasn't the army they, they expected. They expected him to do something different. And sometimes we can allow disappointments of what our expectations were to be our guide. But it's actually, what did he say? And I wanted to share a little story of my own. There was a, a point where I went to another country, and it was for art school. And they had, I'm telling you all these details for a reason. It's not just because I'm a detailed person. <laughs> but... They told me, I don't need to know Spanish. I can just come in, and they want me to teach English, and then I'll start to pick up the language. But when I got there, they were quite shocked that I seriously didn't know any Spanish. <laughs> and so they were like, ah, okay, well, we've got found a different English teacher, so we don't need you to do that anymore. But, um, yeah, you need to be here at the school, which had no Wi-Fi, so Google Translate was out for me. <laughs> Um, so I was like, okay, so I was put into this classroom, and there were three classes that I was taking. I had no idea what they were talking about the whole time, but the one thing I did know is that somebody translated for me quickly, one of the professors, and said, okay, in broken English, you have 21 pieces you have to put together before the end of the semester. You got it? I'm like, 21 pieces? They're like, yes, metal pieces. You need to make 21 pieces. It's got to be a collection. Good luck. That's basically what they said. And they're out. So I'm sitting in this classroom with all these professors, and I could tell at different points they're telling me a machine is dangerous, even though I don't understand the language. I'm pretty sure my fingers could have gone off somewhere. They were showing me all these things that I'll be using, but be careful. That's essentially, and they kept saying it. 
So at one point, I just said, God, you know, I really don't know why I'm here right now, but I'm going to do my best. So I would come back to the place I was staying at home with a family, and I'd write down whatever I saw on the board or take a picture with a phone. But I didn't have Wi-Fi on that phone, so I couldn't look anything up. I would just take a picture, ask them to translate, what do I need to do, what's my homework? And they would tell me, so I would spend the whole night doing my homework while everybody else had half of it done during the class because they actually understood. <laughs> so at one point, I made these pieces, and some of the, the people in the class didn't like me being there. They didn't like I didn't understand the language, and so they were a little bit harsh to me. And I found out one of them understood English perfectly and could totally translate and totally didn't for two months. I was only there for three. So when she did finally tell me, yeah, I understand everything in perfect English, she was like, um, I'm going to, if you want to share this ta taxi ride with me, then I'll translate for you if you pay. And I said, okay, fine. So we do that. And she was translating things to me such as, the professor says your work is terrible. He doesn't like it. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. So I came home one day very distraught, and I said to the family, I, I don't think I'm meant to do this because the professor is telling me every day, that I'm not doing well and I don't know what to do. I don't want to waste their time. So they came to my class and surprised me by doing that and they're a very well-known person, okay? And they walked into the class to ask the professor, how is she doing and do you think this is something maybe we should steer her in a different direction? He said, she's one of the most gifted class people that I have in here. No, I don't want to steer her in the wrong direction. Every time I put something in front of her, she just does it. I love that. And she said, okay, because one person in the class has been communicating to her that you every day are saying something different. And he said, well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I'll handle it myself. And then they left. So I was thinking, wow, God, thank you. Now, it, that was a whole thing. And then a professor comes in to look at my pieces. So now I'm starting to feel good, right? I'm like, yes, I'm doing well. And then th another professor from another class comes in, and he looks at my work, and he speaks some English, not a, a lot, but enough, and he said, is that all you have? This is the best that you can do? And I was thinking, I just thought I was doing good, but <laughs> apparently this is legit. So I looked at him, and because I couldn't speak Spanish, I couldn't really defend myself, and I knew if I said too much, I'd lose him. So I said to him, what would you do differently? And do you notice that Jesus often asked questions? And those questions provoked maybe the right answer or the wrong answer from some people. And I really was, it was driven home to me because in that moment, he changed. He softened and he said, I want to show you what I'm doing. It's a new technique. Nobody really knows about it yet. I'm developing it and I want to show you because you're ready. He takes me to a different classroom and it was incredible the work he was doing. And he said to me, because of your response, I want to work with you. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because in that moment, what I wanted to say was, wait a second, do you know what I've just been through? <laughs> Somebody just told me, and, but I couldn't. And I really believe that God is wanting us sometimes to hold our tongue and ask the questions instead. Don't become defensive. Don't become agitated with the situation. Don't look at it in a negative way, but respond with a question. God wants us to hear 
what he wants to say to us, and he always wants to take us to new levels. And essentially, this is what this art teacher wanted to do. He wanted to take me to a different level of understanding, and he trusted me because of the response. See, God wants to trust us with the response of our heart. It's out of the abundance of our heart that our mouth speaks. And I thank God in that moment that he put some other abundance in my heart <laughs> that came out <laughs> because there was not those words that were truly in my heart, but God knows how to cover us. See, even when our mind is playing games and even when our mind is going in all different directions, he is so faithful. He's so good to us and he believes in us and he gives us the strength that we need for each day. There's new mercies every single day. And I love how he works things out. And see, if I had lost my confidence in that moment and I began to just cry <laughs> because, again, it's another rejection, what result would have been produced? A different one, I believe. But because I stood and I said, let me ask this question, what would you do differently? It caused a whole different domino effect. And I believe that God wants to do something where it's like one thing after another, after another of his goodness, his faithfulness, and seeing him working those things out on our behalf. You know, Jeremiah, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God already has put gifts, talents, abilities on the inside of us. And sometimes we just think it's, well, it's just a little thing. It's just a small thing. What's the big deal about it? You know, I just care for people. I'm just hospitable. Ever been to somebody's house who isn't hospitable? I'd rather have the just hospitable. <laughs> it's a lot nicer. But there's times that we can almost take the gifts that God's put in us and not want to use them. Like the parable of the talents, we begin to hide them away. And we start thinking, but I don't want to waste whatever little I have, so I better just keep this for the master because if I'm not very good at it, but what did they, the man really want? He wanted to see it multiply. He wanted to see investing in things. See, this is a time to sow. Sowing, whether it's financially, our time, our resources, whatever God has put within us, it means that we can be a good steward of what he gave to us. And we can be faithful ambassadors to the Lord and to the work of the ministry. If we're going to build the kingdom, we have to do it together. You know, there were 12 people who changed the world, the world. They're still changing the world. We are sometimes looking at, well, you know, I just have this, and I, I don't really have that much to offer, and, but God created you. You're his masterpiece. That means there is something so treasured on the inside of you that he intentionally put you here at this time, this place, because he has something of a collision of his will and you lining up with that, and it's like you begin to see the beautiful explosion of God's perfect will. Like this morning, that man, Robert, sitting up in bed, I still can't get over that. I'm amazed. It wasn't even my dream, but I felt so excited, like, God, you are working. And, you know, this morning I woke up, and did you ever see Catherine Coleman? I believe in miracles. There are times that we just have to say it. This morning was one of those moments before I even knew anything that was happening today. I said, today is a good day for miracles. And when that happened, my mom is telling me, and I thought, whoa, God, I thought that was my idea. I thought that was a my thought idea, a charity thought. No, it wasn't. It was a God thought. And he wants us to begin to talk to him like he's right here, right now, not 
way down the road or somewhere up there, but he is that ever-present help in time of need. And when we wake up in the morning, let us be thinking of him. When we're going about our day, let us be thinking of him. Because everywhere we go, we are carriers of his light. And he has people who are desperate for a move of God, and some of them don't even know it yet. They are walking in this place of confusion. Now, I don't know if I shared this testimony last time I was here, but there was one point where I was in a meeting, and I was giving this prophetic word to a young man. And as I released the word... I was thinking in myself, God, I didn't really feel like this heavy anointing with this one. I didn't really feel like this huge connection, but I know that you highlighted this person to me. So I'm just asking, cover my words, because I just didn't feel that. Well, fast forward about 10 minutes after I sat down, and I had been the one sharing the word and ministering, this young man stood up and he begins to say, God, have mercy. God have mercy. Two hours, he begins to cry out, and there is something about the presence of God coming in. Now, I'm not going to tell you the, all the details, and he has given me permission to share this story, but he came to that place because he was about to end his life, and he was saying goodbye to everybody he knew in his own way, and in that moment, he knew that God knew him, and he could not do that. His whole life was transformed in that moment. You see, sometimes we're not going to feel it. We're not going to feel connected to this thing. We're, God, we're, we're almost looking for God to show up in a way we expect him to. Like, I'm going to get the goosebumps. I'm going to feel something. I'm going to know that I was walking in the anointing of God. Sometimes you just really don't. And sometimes he's just so good that he said, I just want you to be the vessel. You don't have to feel it. You don't even have to know what I'm doing. I just want you to obey me. I just want you to be that vessel. And sometimes we're looking for these amazing, profound moments. Like John the Baptist, the sky opens up. And, but in the in-between, what are we hearing him say? What are we doing with the words that he's spoken to us? How are we being faithful with the gifts? Are we good stewards? We can begin to ask ourselves, God, what do you have for me to do today? And if we woke up like that every morning, imagine what we could accomplish in a week. I'm going to guess that all of us will come to church on Sunday a little bit more excited about, hey, I know God's working because this is what happened this week. Every time you hit this journey, it's almost like sometimes you feel like you hit like this plateau, right? And then God just breaks out, raises somebody back up. I mean, it's like, Lord, you're so good. This is amazing what you've done. And the more we talk about it, it's like the Israelites, they set up little places of remembrance. I would challenge us all, and I don't usually say this kind of thing, but I would challenge us all to keep some kind of journal of what God has done this year so that when you come up to 2023, you can say to yourself, self, look what he just did this year. There's one thing after another. We can recount. We can talk about the benefits of the Lord, forgetting not all of his benefits, talking about his word because it's living on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. All right. So today I just wanted to pray over us that there's, there's three things that I wrote down. One is that we have to keep our confidence. Number two, we don't lose our confidence when things don't go as we expect it. And number three, when our perception of Jesus changes, what do we do? And we need to begin to ask ourselves some tough questions. Is my perception of who Jesus is a little boxed in? It might be. Sometimes we don't even realize it because we're just doing life. 
But sitting at the feet of Jesus, like Mary and Martha, we can be busy doing. And those serving, doing is important. But if we're not sitting at his feet, we're missing out. We have to be fed by him. We have to find that place to be filled up with him again and again and spending time in his word. And, you know, sometimes it's just like simple. I I sit down with the word and I say, Father, I need you to make this alive to me. You're the author. You know exactly what I need to see today, how I can minister to someone, how I can be an encouragement. And every time we're looking to minister to somebody else, it's like even though there's discouragement maybe that we face, we feel a little freed up because we just saw the blessing of the Lord upon somebody else, and he is so faithful. And uh, this morning, I just want to pray over us, and then I I did have a couple people I wanted to minister to, but if you're in a place where you feel like, I'm not sure that I have all the confidence that I need in God right now, but I want to recommit myself to the confidence of the Lord, to searching out the word, and to walk in obedience, I just want you to respond to him however you want as I pray, whether it's standing, maybe it's just sitting here, but it's a recommitment to the Lord that I want to do all your will. I want to do all your purpose, that I know you've caused and put within me gifts and talents, and I want to be that good steward of the talents that you've given to me. And so I'm just going to pray for us. Father, I thank you right now that we can look at the examples of John and Jesus, the disciples, that we can look at the heroes of the faith through this word, and we can see that there were moments that all of us doubt, all of us wonder, all of us get to that place that sometimes, Father, we just don't understand it. But we're asking for you to cover us right now that you would give to us eyes to see, ears to hear what your spirit is doing. Father, we desire to hear your voice. We're anticipating unexpected moments. We are embracing what you have given to us to walk in. And Father, we just ask right now that every gift, talent, ability, that we would be good stewards, good stewards of everything you've given to us. We ask, Father, that you would show us how to walk that out. If we're feeling nervous, we know that there are scriptures that say perfect love casts out fear. And so we embrace your perfect love over our life right now. We thank you that you will help us to keep the confidence in the in-between, that we would continue to remind ourselves we had that moment we can always look back and we felt your presence. We knew who you were. We knew the call you placed on our life, and that's what we go back to is who you are. And we thank you, God, that these are not just stories that we read about. These are actual people who walk this out that are examples. We thank you for everything you've done. Jesus, we don't want to take for granted the sacrifice that you made for us to be here in this moment, to have the freedom to ask you for forgiveness of any doubt And we embrace faith again. We begin to call for signs and wonders and miracles because all authority has been given to us. And so we ask for that confidence to walk that out right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Uh, This man here in the white shirt, what's your name? Alex. Alex, is it okay if I minister to you? Sure. Okay. So if I do minister to anybody or I call out your name and you just don't want me to, just do this, and I'll know. And it's okay if you don't, because then nobody has to hear you saying no if you don't want to. 
Um, Alex, I just saw business around you, and I felt like God wanted you to know that there's some new opportunities that he's presenting in front of you, and you're going to need the wisdom of God to know which door to walk through. It's like there's some different options in front of you, but God is going to give you wisdom to know what things to grab firm hold of and walk through that door and what things to just kind of put on a shelf. It's almost like you're quietly putting aside something and you're waiting for the right moment. God's going to show you when that right moment is, but it's like he's leading you and guiding you each step of the way. And then I was seeing how, uh, I don't know what they're called, but an hourglass, that's what they're called. And you put the, the sand is in it and you flip it over and then there's one hour, right? You know the time and you can kind of see it going down. And while you may not know exactly when the end, you can really tell when it's getting to the end. And I felt like God wanted you to know you're coming to the end of something and God is bringing to you that spirit of breakthrough and you're going to know that the best is yet to come. Proverbs 4 talks about the path of the just gets brighter and brighter. God is bringing you to a brightness of the path in front of you. And the other thing that I sense is that the Lord is bringing to you expectation. It's like he's renewing something on the inside of you, and you love to see how God works, but I had this sense that you haven't seen anything yet, and he's opening you up to be able to declare those things that are not as though they are. And so, Father, I thank you, even for the creativity in him to see solutions where others might see problems. I thank you right now for that creativity, and I call forth the gifts of God within his life right now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. And you are right next to him holding hands. Sorry. Oh. I know. It can look like I'm looking at five places. <laughs> Renee. Renee. Um, Renee, I just had this sense. Um, there was, and this story, I'm just going to tell you what I saw and what I felt. I was in another country, and I had told the Lord, uh, my name means love. And so I said, I would really love it if somehow I could get some kind of gem in the shape of a heart. And I walked into this jewelry store, and it was the first time I decided to buy myself a piece of jewelry. And I walked in, and the first ring that he showed me was a heart. And I knew that it was God speaking to me. And I really sense that this is going to be a season where you're going to look for the signs of God. And you're going to have things that are so intimate to you. And as you just say, God, I just really like this. He's going to let you know he heard your cry because there's been a season where you've really had to fight for some things and you've really had to plow through and it's not been easy and you've had to firmly hold your ground and not waver back and forth, but it's almost like even the enemy would try to push you over or make you feel as though things cannot be picked back up. But God is putting something deep on the inside of you and there is a river of God that's flowing through you. And it, it talks about in the scripture, whose streams make glad the city of our God. And there is new streams that the Lord is about to connect you with, and you are going to have spheres of influence in the lives of many people, and he's going to strategically place you in some very pivotal points of position to help bring change, to help bring a change in the atmosphere, and your voice is going out. It's like, you know, sometimes when you would turn the dial on the radio and it's fuzzy, and then all of a sudden it comes in clear. God's about to bring his voice in so clear to you that once maybe it felt a little fuzzy and you had to find your way in. Now it's like it's going to be clear and right there. And so Father, I thank you for that. And I bless the work of your hands. I thank you for healing flowing through her and to her in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Um, this woman over here with the flowers on. Yes. <laughs> What's your name? Jamie. Jamie. Uh, Jamie, I just heard the word fun. 
God is about to cause you to walk into a place of new fun and, you know, delighting yourself in him, knowing he gives you the desires of your heart and you're going to embrace even that which God is doing. But I saw a childlike faith being restored on the inside of you and it's like things from past days falling off and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And it's not that you haven't known that, but there is something different that God's doing right now and he's causing you to just kind of let go. There's some things, it's like just let it go let it go and as you do that and you embrace what he has for you you're going to step into that place of bold confidence more than ever before and it's it's not that you're not confident I see you walking to places and being confident but there is a confidence of the Lord that you haven't quite stepped into that he is releasing through you and so Father I bless what you're doing I thank you even for the gift that she is to many that she loves to care for people she loves to do things and so I ask God for more to be placed in her hands so that she can continue to give continue to bless in Jesus name. Amen. Um, this woman back here, I know, is it Carol? Okay. I think I met you, uh, but I was struggling to remember. So thank you. Um, Carol, I just had this, uh, I was thinking about, uh, a trip that I was on. And at one point, um, I just said to the Lord, it would be really cool if somehow I could, get in with these wild animals. Now I was in South Africa and I was traveling down and a lot of the animals were not out in this one part uh, for whatever reason, you know. And the guy said to me, hey, we just got a baby giraffe that we rescued. How would you like to feed a baby giraffe? And I said, yes, I would. And so I got out and I was able to do that. And I felt like that when the Lord just reminded me of that, there are some things that dreams that you haven't yet seen. And the Lord is about to do something so unique with you that he's going to give to you some experiences that you didn't even see coming. And he's going to cause you to find such joy even in what he has created around you. It's like you really enjoy creation. You enjoy the beauty of what's around you. And he's going to speak to you through that. And he's going to cause some things to come alive on the inside of you. You know, one of my favorite passages of scripture is in Genesis where it says the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And I love that because it's so incredible to me. Sometimes we all look at water and we think, I wonder why we like it so much. He hovered there. And there is something about how God is hovering over some things in your life and he's breathing fresh life. He's breathing fresh energy. It's like wave upon wave overtaking you and bringing you exactly what you need. It's like your prayers have gone up and now there's a pouring over that's taking place. And I really sense even within the family, it's like you, I saw you and it was like these people that you're attached to in one way or another, praying for them. And the Lord wanting you to know, I will direct their steps and I will bring them even to a place of understanding and revelation. It's like you've said, God, open their eyes, take them out of that place of darkness and bring them into your glorious light. God is wanting you to know, it's like I saw angels on assignment and that the Lord is rushing in even to some things that you've prayed. It's like I was seeing something and I don't know what this is about, but it's like almost like 20 years back, something that you've been praying for and the Lord is about to bring it to the forefront. So something from back then, the Lord's bringing to the forefront in front of you and he's releasing and opening you up to see more by the Spirit. And so, Father, I thank you right now for what you're doing. I thank you for a fresh charging upon her spirit that she would know that she knows that she knows that she knows your word is living on the inside of her and there is nothing that you cannot do. And so I bless what you're doing in her heart, her spirit, her mind, her soul. 
Father, I ask right now that even those broken places that are deep within her, that you would bring restoration and healing right now. We thank you for the blood of Jesus to cover over every area. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then, uh, Pastor Mark and Jane, I know I, I spoke a little bit with you guys last night, but as I was praying, and I was really praying this morning at the hotel and saying, God, um, I have this sense of transition, and there's some shifting that's taking place. You know, in the middle of transition, it's like the most awkward thing because you're not here and you're not there. You're just in the in-between. And I had this sense that the Lord is shifting some things on your behalf. And at one point, you may have had to be more proactive in some things, but now you're going to be seeing how the Lord is actively putting things in place. And then I was reminded of when uh, Pastor Jim talked about volunteers coming in, people coming in that are hungry. And I was seeing, like, um, there's this unique ministry that I know, and they had, like, this bonfire and unsafe people started coming they started playing music worship music started coming out organically they didn't even know god but it was like it was flowing out of them the spirit of god came and it transitioned them from a place of one thing into a bunch of souls that were now ready and open so i feel like there's an idea that might be a little outside the box but god's going to use it to bring some people in and it's going to stir up the creativity afresh and i feel like there's some really broken people who are going to come to you and they're going to know this is that place of refuge. This is the safe place. This is the place where they can kind of relax. I had this sense that there's almost an orphan spirit on some. They're going to feel as though they don't belong anywhere. They don't have a reference point even of a good father, a good mother, but they're going to come in here and they're going to find it in you and they're going to know this is the way. Walk in it. And there are some that are just going to be so broken. And I I thought about a situation where I was with a ministry who worked with people who had been through human trafficking. And they were very broken. And one in particular that I met, nothing was wrong with this individual. They had gone through every kind of testing. But the trauma that they experienced shut them down completely. And the doctor said, if we can help them heal from the trauma, there's hope. But they began to work with this person, and they began to see the trauma coming off. I feel like supernatural miracles of trauma that people have been through that have not found answers other ways, they're going to find it. And God's going to use you. It's like I saw a fountain flowing up and people knowing this is the place of refreshing. This is the place where things begin to happen. And there's a fresh energy. I really sense it. It's almost like, uh, you know, you can be working, for example, on a farm, and I have, and it's so hot and you feel so tired. And then by the end of the day, you have something that refreshes you and you feel like you're ready to go the next day. I feel like there's something about God refreshing you each day that you're in need of refreshing each day. There's a busyness right now. There's a plowing right now. There's a working right now, and God wanting to release that. And so, Father, I release the refreshing into their physical beings. I thank you, God, that you have surrounded them with songs of deliverance and that you will continue to cause your spirit to rise up on the inside of them, that they would know your voice, that they would be responders to you, that you would 
caused them to be ones that would stir up the creativity. Father, I thank you that uh, even today we know that the ground is shaking and that you're shaking what can be shaken. We thank you right now that you're bringing ones into the kingdom for this time and season. God, I thank you for the sphere of influence you've given to them. It's no accident. It's not uh, just a coincidence how they even landed here. And I don't even know the story, but God, I thank you that you are an intentional God, and you know exactly what's needed even before we do. And so we thank you ahead of time for the times that they may feel like they need a vacation, that in the spirit, you would restore them supernaturally. In the moments that they feel like, God, I need your strength, supernatural strength. And Father, I ask right now for a fresh stirring of miracles, signs, and wonders, and even being able to cast out demons, as your word says. We thank you that they're embracing your word with all of their heart, that you're leading them in the right way. And I pray right now that you would continue to bless them, even as your word says, beautiful are the feet of those. And so we thank you for the beautiful feet that you've given to them to preach the gospel. And we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you all so very much for today. And it, I just have to say again, isn't he amazing? Yeah. I mean, he's so good. <laughs> I'm still standing in amazement what happened with Robert. I'm standing in amazement that here today I know that God has spoken to each of us, whether it was through worship or through the words or just on your way in, because I know he's that faithful. He's so good to us that all the time, you know, in Psalm 139, it says he has more thoughts about us than the sand on the shore. Sometimes we think like, well, maybe my thoughts run out. I don't know. But he doesn't. He's so amazing. He's so good. And I just want to say, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you the peace that passes all understanding. May you continue to grow in the name of the Lord and know your calling, your purpose, your destiny and do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Mark. Charity, thank you so much. And uh, we love you and your mum, and we bless you to be refreshed by the remainder of your time here too. You've been a blessing, and uh, God always multiplies blessing back to those who bless. So we, we agree with his blessing on you too. Charity is right on that this is a season for transition and increase and for the fire to spread. And so I just want to say that we are well aware of that. We're in the midst of it. God has got his hand on it. Uh, hang on. <laughs> hang on to him. Hang on to each other because God has got all kinds of good stuff ahead for us. And so we're going to be discovering that together as we go through the summer. We're going to be unpacking that together as we go through the summer. But I want you to know every one of you is in this room because you have already caught fire. You already carry that fire. But there are people around you that God wants to catch it from you. So be a fire lighter. <laughs> be a spark. Be a, be a fire everywhere you go. We're done. No, we're not. I just want to say the, the, the word that came forth about um, that there are people who are unchurched yes. that are waiting for the good news and that our feet are going to carry us yes. to bring good news. So the other day I, was, I felt like I should go swimming, so I set off and I was driving down International Drive and just as I was coming to one corner there was a car that had pulled over 
not quite off the road. And as I was sort of approaching, the door swung open. I'm like, whoa, that was pretty close and right into the traffic. And then I, the lady sort of sprang out and was waving her hands, looking desperate. And I, by now, I'd sort of driven past, but I go, I actually need to go back. So I drove up and back round. And by the time I'd come back and parked sort of in front of her, she, there's no one in the car. And I'm calling. I'm like, where are you? And then I look up the road. Oh, no, when I drove back past, um, she's getting a child out of the back. So now by the time I come back and park, I'm looking and there's no one there. I'm like, what happened? I'm calling. And then I look up the road. And there she is, sort of up the road, trying to, like, almost running. And she's got this small child. And I'm, I'm like looking and I'm like, I'm here sort of thing. And she like turns around and she starts running back and she comes back to the car and she says, I've run out of gas. Um, I just live around the corner. I said, well, I can take, you know, she said, can you just take me? I'm like, of course I can. And so they got in the car and um, I, just, I just explained what I was doing. I'm just driving up here, I'm gonna come back. I was trying to make her feel really comfortable and she was so thankful. And um, I drove her home and all the way, and she was so thankful. And I gave her my number. That was the quickest way. I gave her one of our cards she was going to give me. But she, she was going to go home. She got another car. She had to go and get her, her husband. So she got in the other car. Um, but she texts me afterwards. And so I have her contact. And she's one. She's like, I, I don't have any friends. The only person I know is my husband. I've got two autistic children. I've got three children. And she said, you can come anytime you like. God's been showing me that I'm going to go around. He's been showing me what I'm going to say. And I'm so excited. This is a, this, she's a first fruit and she's of others that we're just going to meet as we go along. And they're going to be so hungry, they're going to draw it out of us. So we say, yes, Lord, bring them in. Can we join hands? Somehow. <laughs> Stretch out to somebody. Father, we agree that it's no accident that we're here together. It's no accident that you've pulled us together into this family and we say yes to all that you want to do. You've done so much, but there's so much more. So we say yes to the more. We say yes to your word being fulfilled. We set our hearts to obey and we expect miracles and signs and wonders as a result. So bless us, thrust us out from here in the power of the Holy Spirit to take the fire across the Grand Strand. In Jesus' name, amen.